Welcome back to the Work Mija podcast, the podcast where mujeres empower mujeres. And I am your host, Sochi Carmona, here for a solo dolo episode talking about year two, celebrating year two in business for Work Mija, which we celebrated on September first and let's talk about going into our second year of business what that has been like because it has been a ride so let's unpack this and it's taking me definitely a week to just process and I've taken that time to process everything and I'm here to kind of share with you what that has looked like because it has been a journey and let's go into it so I started Work Miha while working a full-time job. It always felt like my time was limited and what I could accomplish was kind of capped. The growth was there, but it was very slow. But hey, that's how we have to start sometimes when you don't have the capital to support yourself and the business. So I celebrated one year in business, September 2021, when I had transitioned into another full-time job that I was really enjoying. And it was around the month of October and November. It was like that time when the honeymoon phase, the glamour, and the enjoyment of the job was just kind of starting to wear off a little bit, if you know what I'm talking about, where I was starting to kind of see my limitations there. It was a great experience experience but ultimately I knew that we were going to move on from it soon the exit plan was starting to go into place in my mind and it was around November like the ultimate dream for that exit plan was able to take my business full-time but it also felt so far out of reach I remember being on the treadmill full speed in one of my workout classes strategizing what that next phase of the business would you know be already so social media was going to be part of it I knew and I was almost trying to create that other stream of income to fall back on to be able to support myself that's just a person I've always been side hustles on top of the side hustles on side hustles on top of your full-time job that has given me a sense of security and stability so each day that passed in November and each time I would accomplish something for Work Miha, I wanted so badly to solely focus on the business full time. If you are currently side hustling, you were side hustling for your business, you know, you know this feeling, but I knew I would not be able to make that what I felt was a selfish decision for myself. The business was not generating the revenue I needed to be able to support myself and my household full-time there was a sense of guilt and a sense of responsibility lingering in my mind I could not bring myself to tell my partner like fuck it I'm gonna do me it's on you boo you know thanks and go skip off into a possibility I, I couldn't do that I didn't feel like I had the privilege or the finances to do that and ultimately I knew I could not bring myself to do that. And you know what? I think the universe could knew like I could not do that for myself. Like call me loca, but 
like we like to do here on the Work Me Hot podcast. Let's get astrological with it. And for those of you like me who like aren't religious, but lean more into that kind of spirituality, like I subscribe to the Chani app. If you don't know about it, if you are an astrology person, get into it. She's a really great astrologer who really taught me to learn more about myself through astrology and through the app. You can listen to the astrology of the week, what's going on with the planets, the world, as well as your personal reading of what's going on with you and how everything going on is affecting you. And I remember listening in the car week by week, like leading up to me making that move, making that jump to do this thing that is going to make you happy. Like it's coming, it's coming, do it, do it now. I was like right there. I I knew it was coming, but I didn't know how because I knew I wasn't going to make that move myself to make it happen. So it was Thanksgiving weekend. I was doing Work Me Hot Black Friday promotion, Small Business Saturday pop-up. And I remember thinking like, should I check my emails for work like I normally do on the weekends to make sure I could do that little extra to make sure the influencers I was working with because I was doing influencer marketing, making sure their questions are being answered, PR packages are on track, check to see who is moving forward. And if not, who else I need to reach out to during the weekend so I can get that response on Monday and just, you know, be on top of it. But this time I, I told myself, I was like, you know what, enjoy your weekend or what's left of it since you worked for your small business. And it was Monday, November 29th. I was logging in early prep myself for the day. I like to have my little to-do list, my schedule. Um, and I saw I had a meeting schedule, a meeting invite with the head of marketing and one of the co-owners. I was like, mm, okay, this is it. <laughs> a meeting first thing in the morning with a with specific people and yourself? Like, yep, the millennial and me knew what this was, you know. And we had the meeting where the co-owner went through their formal HR script to explain that I was being laid off in an effort to reduce cost. And yes, I very much so remember those exact words because I made sure to record it on my voice memos just in case, just in case I come from a human resources background, receipts, receipts, receipts. And it was funny, I was actually today... This is the first time I've re-listened to that voice recording of me being laid off. <laughs> so it was in an effort to reduce costs, yada, yada, yada. Here's your severance, positive letter of recommendation. We were good. Okay, keep it business and next steps. Stuck to the script. And then the head of marketing had an opportunity to speak unscripted. So it came from a place of emotions. So yeah, I got emotional hearing all that I have done and knowing that I have gone above and beyond and exceeded expectations always because if you know as a minority, you can't just do what is expected of you. There is a feeling that you need to exceed expectations and work harder than our white counterparts to qualify for a job. That sense of anxiety makes you think you have to do that little extra. And that's how I have always operated. And it's kind of like, damn, like still not good enough. I am once again a cost 
cutting expense. If you listen to my journey, you know that the first time my position was suspended was March 2020 because of COVID. So it was like, you know, here we go again. This time it stung a little bit less. I had gotten a little more numb to it. The first time is like, oh my gosh, you don't think it's going to happen to you. The second time it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> I probably would not have cried if they would have stayed on script. But also I was like, just let yourself cry. It's it's a chapter ending, you know? So I closed my laptop and I was just like, well, we are going to work today and now my day is open. So what do we do? So I started creating content. I was always limited on time to create content and now my day was open. I was like, well, do I enjoy this time off while applying for jobs? Which I did, but I was selective about where and what jobs I put my time and energy to because I've been through the red flag corporations, the multiple interviews, the cover letters, and the more I would check for job openings, the more I was not feeling like having to pitch myself, to convince someone that I was good enough, that I could do the job. To me, I was like, for the right opportunity, sure. I'll put forth some effort, but job applications were quickly not becoming my priority. I started putting my energy into TikTok as it was the new leading social media platform. It was something I was diving into at work as I was working with influencers and creating the creative briefs, assigning campaigns, sound links, and realizing that the way the company wanted to create campaigns and deliverables was not how the platform worked or they just weren't leveraging it correctly because they just really didn't understand it. It was something I was pushing for, like let's get that meeting in with that rep to go over how to utilize TikTok for a brand, but it kept getting pushed back and overlooked. And well, now I kind of know why. <laughs> there was a different plan. I was never going to get that opportunity with the company. They were still figuring out the formula to create content for Facebook and Instagram. So for them, the strategy was to grow their Instagram by taking sounds from TikTok. The strategy was figure it out and get us that viral moment. Knowing what I know now when someone's goal is a viral moment, I kind of roll my eyes and like just stop focusing on getting a viral moment. Build a brand, not a viral moment on social media. It's not sustainable. So for my own brand, I dove in and started analyzing, testing, and learning how to utilize TikTok to create content that converts, creating a formula for videos that would drive traffic to my website. Having worked for small businesses, startups, I realize I have a strength in building something out of nothing. I have spent years building something for other companies, other business owners, whether it be a human resources department where there was none, a marketing role where it consisted of someone working 
part-time making digital files from Photoshop and turning that into a full-time role that builds brand partnerships, awareness, event marketing, talent, talent management, you know, going into a sort of influencer marketing role where I research and set up a foundation for a system and what a flow looks like and creative direction so that an influencer can deliver what they want. It was time to build something for myself. I could apply for the jobs and fill another role or I could once again bet on myself, jump in, all in full time. I had bet on myself before and started the business, so why not do it again and take it to the next level? Give myself the time I never had. I was going to allow myself the privilege to pursue my passions, which feels like just that, a privilege. I had not felt deserving of that for so long, so... I said, fuck it, (laughs) let's do this. If there is a time to make that decision, it is now. How? I have no idea, but like everything else, we will figure it out. If there's anything I am good at, it is figuring things out. So I dove into content creation. Uh, And I burnt myself out the first week, by the way. I might have gone a wee bit too hard. But listen. Let me reiterate, since I have not done a solo podcast in a while, my astrological makeup is heavy on the fire and earth placements. That's a whole lot of loca. My sun is in Gemini. My moon is in Aries. My rising is Sagittarius. That's fire, air, fire, heavy on the Leo placements. (laughs) So it's very go, go, go until you can no longer go. I'm like, damn, like where are the stable earth placements to keep me grounded. Where I do have them, they are very helpful when it comes to my career, but not very good for the slowdown. My 10th house, which rules careers and public life, is in Virgo. So I'm like, all right, if you're gonna have Virgo anywhere, I'll take it. But Virgo is a very intense, determined sign. So we're gonna go hard. And my other earth placements, They're all in Capricorn, a workhorse who, when it comes to career, is going to go into overdrive, whether we realize it or not. There is no chill. Finding that balance between work and pleasure is forever a challenge. And as I create content, a reminder to rest and recharge is constantly top of mind, even when I forget. I quickly learned every day is not a content creation day. I just mentally can't. It's a quick way to burn out and social media, while a huge part of the business and my business growth, there are just several other aspects that need to be taken care of. And even doing this full time, there is still not enough time in the day. However, consistency was key and that was my goal to create consistent content that converts. The best part about creating content for my own brand was not having to run it up a department to get permission or to ask if they approved of it aligning with the brand. 
I knew my brand and I knew what aligned. And it was more of a matter of putting it out there to have that freedom of that A-B testing to see what resonated with my audience. I was using the trending sounds to stay consistent while aligning it with my audience. And then it was my creativity and those out-the-box ideas, those weird ideas that only I could see the vision for. And until it was done, would you truly get where I was going with it? So I had the idea to take the Emily Mariko TikTok trend of her making food and doing like a parody version for Latinas, a type of video for that specific audience where like, if you get it, you get it. If Emily Mariko was Latina, what items she would grab for, what would she make? So I was like, hey, it's kind of weird, but fuck it. I'm going to make huevos con weenie. Let's do it. I think it's funny. Hopefully other people will get it. And I posted it. And people got it. People resonated with that large Mexican bowl with that strip of color around it, whether it's that traditional brown or green and storing your pans in the oven. I grabbed my ingredients, huevos, weenie, and tortillas. Comments, likes, and shares were flooding in. And as fast as they were coming in, I was trying to respond just as quick, so quick that TikTok was no longer allowing me to respond because it, they thought it was like bots on my page. It's like, okay, this must be some spam coming through. So we're going to put you on pause for responses. I'd have to wait hours. I was like, oh my gosh, this is wild. That wonderful and weird idea took off. My weird little creative vision hit comments like, oh my God, I feel seen wow same or people catching all the little details and kind of like easter eggs within the video of like you know you know it was a video made specifically for the latinx audience and i found the audience for my brand from december 7th when i published that first emily mariko video to the end of december the 31st i had grown my TikTok page from 300 followers to over 5,500 followers. From such a little account to have a video reach half a million plus views, I sat back and was like, huh, did I just catch my viral moment? The petty little person in me was thinking back to those marketing meetings and I was like, whoop caught my viral moments and then another one and then another one we released part two of the if emily marika was latina this time she was making tortas and opening up those you know butter dispensers with frijoles in them in january i released another weird little creative vision doing a selena mean girls rendition and then some more and more and more content creation became my craft my TikTok page was growing and so were my sales. I went into 2022 with a, I don't care anymore what anybody gotta say. I'm gonna do me. Go back to my video, see if you can find that one. And fuck what anybody has to think about it. Make the content and post the content. The pieces of content that I have been most hesitant to post have been some of my most viral pieces of content. Stop giving fucks and post the content. At the end of the day, I know what I stand for and what my brand stands for. I never have intentions to offend anyone unless you're a Takis fan, Hachitos versus Takis, Hachitos forever. 
But I know I am never going to put something out there that I don't stand by. So going into 2022, I knew I was going to go hard for Work Me How because I don't know any other way. It was like, well, if you're going to do it, then do it. I was growing online and doing pop-ups, but my goal for 2022 was expansion and growing that brand awareness. I was able to do what I was able to do part-time, but full-time, I wanted to really see what I was capable of. I reached out to Mestiza Shop in Pilsen, Chicago, and we were set to launch Work Me Hot products in their store. An exciting but terrifying milestone and thoughts of like, okay, how are we going to fill these orders each time after I had filled their first order, which was a kind of big one <laughs> for me personally. It was one thing to have enough product in stock for my online shop and pop-ups. Now, adding on brick and mortar store partner, how was I going to secure that capital to cover those upfront costs each time? For me, I was making money and reinvesting it back into my business and making a little bit more, but like a little bit more. So how was I going to reach that next level of sustained profitability and really accelerate that growth? How was I going to make this work? I decided that after the Cheeseman Chill sweatshirts in February, I was not going to release new designs. I was going to hone in on my best sellers and reach the Latinas I had not yet reached. I had made sales and grown my social media platforms, but I was like, there are more Latinas in the US who have not seen my products, more Latinas that I have not reached. My t-shirt orders to my printers kept growing. So it was like more self-care means resada, more no pares mija, another color, another color, because they had grown so much. More mercuries and reggaeton. Having a nice selection of products for people to choose from is great. But then when you're self-funded, you run into inventory management issues, multiple SKUs, sustaining those multiple SKUs. Each design requires a minimum order quantity to get printed. As the business has grown, I have been able to reach that, you know, next order quantity, which allows for a better and better price. But the issue becomes how much money do you have at a time to reorder and restock on each design to get the best price and ultimately the best profit margin and now that we're moving into stores, that profit margin gets even smaller because everybody wants their cut. You're now paying for shelf space, that foot traffic and marketing that the store you've partnered with generates. 2022 has been about profit margins, profit margins, profit margins. Profit margins keep me up at night. So for me and a lot of business owners, Grants are essential and amazing opportunities to really help you accelerate that growth. That's what I started doing in February, applying for and trying to find grants. My first one, I was like, okay, let's get it right. I drafted it up and I asked my sister, like, can you review and help me fancy anything up here? You know, some language, make me sound smarter. Like, what should I include to make this a strong application? And I'm so appreciative of that help. I applied for the grant. But I also had a nice foundation for future grant applications because 
Luckily, I was scrolling through Instagram one day and I saw the iFund women was advertising the Crush Dreams Fund. And guess what? That day was also the deadline in a couple of hours. So when I looked at the questions, they were the exact same ones as the grants I had just prepared for and applied to that I had put all that work into down to the pitch video. I was like, damn, I'm kind of glad I didn't specify the name because I'm just going to reuse this video. And I submitted it. I was like, all right, let's try it. Turns out I did not get the original grant I had applied for and prepped for, but I did get the iFund Women Crush Dreams Fund grants that I used the same answers for and I just stumbled upon. As I apply for grants, I get some and not others. If there's an opportunity to reapply again, I will. Learn from the recipients and see what you can tweak. What is the grant committee looking for? I realized quickly that the first initial grant I applied for, I it catered to a lot older Latino, and I specifically say Latino audience because it's that audience where they're not with the Latinx, you know, it's either Latino, just just Latinos, Latino, Latina, you know, you get me? While the iFund Women Crush Dreams Fund committee was more millennial driven and social media savvy, a strength I had and that was prominent on my platform. So don't get discouraged if you don't get one or two or 20 grants, keep applying. I applied for the Crest Dreams Fund in February and I finally heard back that I was a recipient of the grants on March 21st. It was a month later and what felt like a long time in between making more content and trying to generate the revenue to keep growing the business. The first three months taking on the business full time, I had made what took my first year in business to make part time. It was a mix of emotions between the roller coaster ride of Q1. I was constantly battling with should I go for the security and apply for a full time job, a part time job? It is so much easier mentally to have that sense of security. The thoughts of can I do this? But also the reminders like, mm, yeah, we're doing this, but can you sustain this? In talking with my therapist, I was it was like a transition of that fear of failure and moving into seeing what I was able to do full time and transitioning into more of a fear of success. It was like, oh my God, like we're doing this, but what if we fuck it all up? Because isn't that what usually happens? Good things don't last, right? Am I deserving of good things? So PSA, get yourself a therapist. <laughs> Having someone to talk about these negative thoughts and feelings with has been essential during this journey. Everyone should in general, but if you're an entrepreneur, there are a lot of personal traumas that will get in the way of allowing yourself to shine, to do what you want to do, to allow yourself to pursue happiness. So we have the tank top, being a little dramatica is good for the soul. That saying to me came from the idea in our communities when someone says, Ay, no seas dramatica, you know, being dramatica because you're expressing your thoughts and feelings, because you're talking about the uncomfortable, because maybe it comes out 
altogether in an outburst because you're taught to suppress your feelings instead of express them. Releasing emotion is good and something I have struggled with because I have been taught you're stronger if you keep it in. Like, don't do that. You know what? Via dramatica. Express yourself. Feel your feelings. If you're like me who struggles with it, schedule your feelings. Like, low-key schedule your feelings. I have always had multiple hobbies to distract myself from my feelings with work, never taking moments until it all comes out at once. So yeah, I'm, I'm dramatica. I'm, and I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm learning to hate feelings time less and just allow them to happen and process my emotions because if you never do, you can never grow. And speaking of dramaticas, when I received the news that I was a Caress Dreams Fund recipient of a $5,000 grant for my business, it was a very dramatica moment. I also saw the part where I was supposed to start crowdfunding campaign after an eight-week accelerated course. I was like, um, did I miss something? Like, oh, shit, we got a crowdfund. <laughs> I called my sister to thank her for helping me for another grant application that actually got me this one and started crying. I didn't know why. Off the phone, I let the emotions flow. I just let them be. And I realized they were coming from a feeling of exhaustion, but also joy. March 2020, my marketing position was suspended because of the pandemic. It felt like a very full circle moment. It was almost two years to the date of getting the LLC for Work Miha and having my dreams crushed, redirected, crashing halts again, going for it, and making it to that point. It was it was a lot. I had been doing a lot, and I took a moment to feel the weight of everything and all that energy I had put into everything, and I cried. I turned on the disco lights because, of course, I have my own, put on my sunglasses, laid on the couch, turned on the music, and I vibed. I took a breather. I took a moment for myself, and little did I know that would be needed before we embarked on this crowdfunding journey. Did I ever think going into year two, I would crowdfund for Work Miha? Absolutely fucking not. But I was going to get $5,000 for my business plus anything else I could raise. Yeah, yeah, I was going to do it. For any business, especially a product-based business, capital, capital, capital is so essential. Everything costs, and when you're self-funded, you really have to think about what are you going to invest your money into. I look at products so much differently now that I run a business. I am constantly calculating costs and what extras did they throw in. My husband buys stuff from like skateboard brands, and they will usually throw in a really nice I make sure I see the quality of these really nice vinyl stickers. I'm like, damn, that's a pretty big thing. <laughs> that's 50 cents to a dollar off their profit margin because stickers ain't cheap. And you got one for free. Appreciate that. So like depending on the size of the business, of course, it could be a bigger or a smaller investment into that little add-on to the customer experience. 
at the startup phase, it's a lot. For me, my first year, I had to think, do I want to put my money into packaging or product? I very obviously chose the quality of the product, and I know that little by little, we'll be able to put more and more into everything else. Access to capital is a huge barrier for Latina, Latina business owners. We get 2% of the venture capital and are largely denied business loans. Best believe I was going to try and 2x this grant through crowdfunding. The crowdfunding accelerator was like a crash course. So it was very quick pace, quick deadlines to get everything done. And this is a full-time commitment on top of your already full-time commitment of running a business solo where there's not even enough time in the day to do all that you're trying to do just for the business. So was there a crash somewhere in there? Absolutely. April 22nd, our co-landlord calls me to tell me, oh, hey, the other landlord passed away and his family is looking to sell the condo you're living in. The new buyer would like to move in like ASAP. Like, I mean, even next week would be great. So I was like, fun. And of course, we knew we had renter's rights. You know, we had our lease. But we had also been talking about wanting to move back to the south side of Chicago after being on the north side, given my husband's new job was down there. And I was always there for pop-ups, too. And our families live there. So the north side to south side commute definitely after almost five years was starting to wear on us. So... It was good timing, but also not a big thing I needed to add on my plate either. But yeah, why not? Just load it on. Sure, why not? And if you know me, you know I move quick. That was a Friday. By Sunday, we saw the place we wanted and were approved that night and we're set to move in next week. So on top of running a business, planning a crowdfunding campaign, moving your home, moving your home-based business and trying to get settled into our new place, boxes unpacked, everything where you need it to be so you can feel like you can function, a lot was taken on. It was once I was able to sit down and take that breath was when it pretty much all came crashing down (laughs) it just in time for mercury and reggaeton mercury retrograde and that eclipse in scorpio really kicked my ass why what happened was i did not realize how much i was taking on because i had my systems and routines in place to help manage the anxiety and stress my daily routines, schedules, and especially exercise were not happening. Like thinking back on how I was doing everything while having a full-time job, well, I was doing Orange Theory consistently, intense, high-impact workouts consistently. That was my stress and anxiety management. Budget-wise, when I no longer had that nice, cushy little full-time job on top of the business, (laughs) I was still able to find a workout routine at home while I took on the business. But that last minute move, there was no time for any of that. Once I was done with the move, a huge thing that took place, but because I kept go, 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 once I took that minute and I did not have anything to kind of alleviate and manage that stress and anxiety, that burnout hit. Oh, and it hit hard. 
the stress turned itself into a physical back pain. All my anxiety and stress surfaced into like a huge blow up. Back pain, insomnia, panic attacks, panic attacks that had me really freaking out like, oh my gosh, like what is this? It was actually on the day that I was featured on the Crest social media platform for my Crest Dreams Fund, like business owner spotlight, lovely little video of me talking about my business and my accomplishments, all cute, cute. So while people could see the reposting on my stories, little did they know this was in between me mentally breaking down behind the scenes. The floodgates of tears had opened It was not until I unleashed all the emotions and allowed myself to feel everything I was feeling did the back pain start to alleviate itself and I had to just let it go. It was so much I had to cry into a pillow because that's how deep and how much it was that I didn't want anyone upstairs to hear me. I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to think I'm crazy. Um, But I was like, okay, hopefully they don't hear me. Being an entrepreneur, and especially a solopreneur, is a lonely road. You have to do so much alone from making business decisions to the execution to dealing with the emotions of the roller coaster that is running a business. A big thing I was dealing with was the stress you take on financially when giving up that cushy full-time job security and taking on your business full-time. What made it hard for me was the fact that I suffer from hyper-independency, which is a trauma response. It comes from having felt let down by others, not feeling like anyone has got you, you know, financially, emotionally, because you've been let down in the past. You lose trust in others to help you, so you create that hyper-independency of the, like, I've got me. Who's got me? I've got me. Only I can and will take care of me. A lot of times when people hear me talk and hear me mention my partner and husband, it's, I wonder if they're kind of like, wait a minute, what about that? You know, like, wait, 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 what about that? (laughs) Like, hold on, you talk like a single lady, (laughs) you know? Like, people might think I was single the way I talk about me taking care of me. And that has been a huge part of my struggle, allowing myself to be taken care of and supported. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to ask for help. It really bothered me to feel like I was being taken care of or that I was an added burden. I didn't want to put that on another person. It was a conversation I needed to have with my husband and a response I needed to listen to and that it's okay to be supported. And a reminder that we are partners. We have, we've been together. (laughs) What's going to be 13 years. We flipped and we've flopped with our careers and finances holding each other down. And it was my turn to feel supported. Sorry, quick dramatica break intermission. I had to feel my feelings. I let them be felt. (laughs) And I needed to have that let out. I've grown up broke. That's not new. I know how to budget, cook to save money. Balling on a budget is life. It has been the feeling of not having that added security and stability that has triggered me this past year. That that has always been me. And 
So that has been a huge part of my anxiety along with navigating this business during a pandemic and now recession. Everything adding together and seeing that recession and thinking, what does this mean for a product-based business? I have found comfort in doing research because, fuck, like, can I catch a break? (laughs) But also, this is yet another big thing in the world that we are navigating. All I know in business is navigating through the uncertainty and the chaos. We started this business in 2020. We started this business during chaos. All I know is adapting and pivoting and we're only continuing to get better and better. Recessions have been opportunities for new businesses to thrive. There's not a certain revenue amounts I'm counting on that is no longer there. It's always been broke. So, <laughs> you know, we're only getting better. It's, it's, we're only continuing on as creatively as possible. Applying for the grants and getting some Understanding my slow seasons and learning as much as possible has helped ease my anxiety. Crowdfunding was intense. It was not something I was planning for and I was kind of thrown into it, but when, but I went with it and I tried to do as much as I could solo, learn as much as I could solo. Could I have raised more? Absolutely. If I had a team to back me up and hold down the fort while I raised capital for the business, for me, I had to create a deadline and cut it off at some point instead of dragging it out and keep it going um, and learn what I could so that when I decided to crowdfund again in the future, I would have a team, a plan, and a system in place to achieve more. Doing it all everything (laughs) kind of slowed down my content creation for a bit in order to not burn myself out even more I I had to slow it down it even slowed itself down when I was burned out it's hard to be the business person and the creative I keep trying to remind others and myself especially about balance and for me I know that if I want to create I have to take time for myself to rest and recharge when I'm blocked I know it's burnout. I'm an impatient person, but pace is what is going to help you keep going. Grant applications can take a lot out of you to secure that money. In between crowdfunding, I was denied another grant, but then I received another grant, the Comcast Rise Cash and Equipment Grant. Once I gave myself some rest, the creative ideas started flowing again, and those weird and wonderful ideas came into fruition. I was listening to a Whitney Houston remix of How Will I Know. I it was about to end. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. And I kept replaying and replaying and replaying. I was like, there's something here. I knew this was the next one, but I was like, how will I know what? How will I know what? What's the story? What's the vision? What's the message? What's the product? I had it. And the next day, I jumped into content creation mode in the kitchen while my husband was in the living room watching the behind the scenes of the chaos that is the creation process. It was all coming together so quick. I was going back and forth playing both characters that when I had completed the piece, I noticed in the midst of the chaos, I forgot to move the pile of dirty laundry behind me, a bra noticeably hanging on top. 
quick fix. Don't worry. Add text over it. Nobody's going to notice. The comments will be about the contents and not my dirty chones in the back. And I'm also glad I allowed myself the rest and relaxation that allowed me to create an original piece of content because that piece was then featured on the Hip Latina platform and the Mujerista platform and so many other ones. This led to a Hip Latina Hefa desk feature and it was another kind of validation and reminder along with everything else this year. I would not have been able to accomplish all that I had accomplished had it not been for me betting on myself. If I was working full time, I would not have taken on all these extras and really grown the business to where it is today. Two years in business would not have looked like this had I applied for another job and gotten the role and continued running my business part-time. The anxiety has never been higher, but also it was going to be at a high regardless of what I do. That's that's who I am. <laughs> that's how I do. For me, I thought of it as if I'm going to stress myself out, why not stress myself out for me instead of somebody else? As I have processed more of these emotions, learned about what I did not know about, it's it's eased a lot of anxiety. Finally, around mid-August of the year, it kind of calmed down as I have dove more into the data, understood my business seasons, understood how I can take the slow seasons to prep for the high seasons rather than feel down on myself for not reaching goals that were probably not going to be attainable regardless because of the season that it was. I pursued my passions and I'm finding my happiness by doing what I love. There is a sense of freedom I have been logging for that I am unlocking. The freedom of my own schedule. Listen, I could be better about giving myself time off. I am not the best boss when it comes to that, but I'm learning to be flexible with myself. And you know what? We will get there. Am I rolling in the dough? Absolutely not. Am I a broke bitch? Fuck yeah. But I'm the happiest broke bitch you've ever met. (laughs) We're making enough right now to cover the bills. The entrepreneurship journey is not lavish. It's a journey and yes, it's hard, but I know what I'm capable of. So I'm looking forward to year three, volume three of Work Miha, the next phase of the business, Work Miha Marketing. I can't wait to share more. Until next episode, tune in for some more cheese and chill. Bye. <laughs>